Hello everyone and welcome back to Eating Salads. It's me again, Austin Crosby. Casey and I have just come off of a real, real cold ice cream making session. And well, a waffle making session and then an ice cream making session that turned into a waffle and uh, maple syrup ice cream making session. And there was some tuna and olive salad in there as well. Not in the ice cream, but in the session. Oh, okay. What I really want to do is tell you about what we were discussing while producing our desserts. And that was the Tesla solar numbers and outlook review. Casey asked about it. How much electricity did we make today? Because this morning we woke up to more snow than I thought we would have. Probably three to five inches. So enough that I had to uh, go push it around with a shovel and clear the driveway and the sidewalk. But that being said, it got over 34 today. And in the early morning, the snow dropped off the back roof. So we still produced 15 kilowatt hours of solar. 15.4. I can't remember exactly how much we used today. But that's really because we zoomed out. We zoomed out on the graph and we started talking about the whole year. And we got our solar and, and batteries in the end of August. So we don't see on our chart the full month of August. The real first full month was September. September, we way overproduced. We produced over 1,000 watts, 1,000 kilowatt hours of electricity, and we used 700 something. So we overproduced by 300. Last month ended up being the worst production month and, and the highest electricity usage month we've seen. So the net difference was as much in the negative as we could get, but we think. You know, history tells us. And last month we used 1,900 kilowatt hours of electricity in the house, and we produced 300 and something, 350. So when we did the math, we were negative 1,590 kilowatt hours versus our positive 300 from uh, September. But it's kind of an interesting one because the batteries are the big players in winter. The batteries, they save your solar energy and use it for the peak time where a kilowatt hour costs about a quarter. During the day, normally a kilowatt hour costs about eight cents. In the winter, the evening, it switches to a quarter. So you can then imagine of that 1900, if that 300 kilowatt hour 
that we did produce were just used during the day, it wouldn't be much at all. It'd be 300 times an eighth. Uh, not very much. But because of the way it works, it uses all that electricity during peak time where it costs a quarter. And that saved us, you know, not quite $100. So our total electric bill was about $100. It's hard to figure out because the water and the uh, drainage are both worked in there, but it was about $100. Maybe it was 110 in the 100 teens in that area, which is about what it was when we had a loft in Atlanta. In the summer and yeah, just about all year it was like a hundred hundred dollars. So it's pretty crazy, all things considered. But that being said, that was our worst month. And what I've noticed is I I suspect April will produce more electricity for us than September did here. Because of waxing and waning of the solar cycle, etc. It it'll be getting brighter in April where September was getting darker to the same extent. So that'll be kind of curious. We've not seen the tip top of our solar production, but we've seen the bottom. And we haven't seen, or we have probably seen the minimum electricity usage. But we haven't seen the top solar production that all makes sense to you guys and I don't know we were really getting into like when you get permission to put on solar it's only to the extent that your yearly average allows you where it really should be calculated to the maximum you ever use per month so if we have a month where we use 2,000 kilowatt hours, we should be able to get a system that produces 2,000 kilowatt hours in the winter, which would be huge, huge. So Casey and I get talking about that kind of thing. It's like, man, we're all, we've already come so far in our uh, decarbonizing or whatever, carbon mitigating lifestyle, eco-friendliness, electric car, Solar and batteries. It is what it is. But Colorado uses natural gas to produce their electricity, which is still less emissions than if you, you know, burnt gas wherever you were because it's centralized and held to a higher standard. I don't know. I wish they had, so I wish they would do nuclear. Really, that would be it. And the, the cool thing with renewables, aside from, you know, nuclear being one thing and then renewables, being the majority other side of that coin, because you have to think if we're if we're overproducing electricity for the house April through September, and then October through March, we're using varying degrees of grid electricity. Sometimes very little, sometimes quite a bit more, but we're offsetting that hopefully in the summer somehow. Um. Really, the best thing you could ever have, like renewables allow you to have an overproduction ever. 
You wouldn't have an overproduction of electricity if you were using a diesel generator, for example, to power your house. You wouldn't just go buy diesel and then just use diesel extra and, and get credits from the system to do that sometimes of the year. It doesn't make any sense, you see? So if you, if you put in the winter, if you had a whole extra bunch of solar panels to the point that come January you still produce 2,000 kilowatt hours. And remember, we produced 350. So we're talking a lot of solar. Importantly, solar facing southward and on a tilt rather than ours, which is just however our roof lays. But if you did that with really efficient panels, you could do it in your backyard for sure. You could have that much. People do it to power like Bitcoin farms and stuff like that. And I guess that's where I'm going, is you'd find uses for that extra energy. I said to Casey, like, the craziest thing I've learned, what really brought all this up, was talking about forced air heating. And how we, even though we can get our house as hot as any house you've been to in the winter, I mean, we have two heaters and a fireplace, and we have all these means to heat the house up. We really choose not to as much. We keep it a lot cooler than the average person would because I've seen the numbers. You know what I mean? Like if if you wanted to heat your house to 74 instead of 64 all, all winter long and wear shorts and T-shirts inside instead of like, I mean, I'm wearing a T-shirt and long sleeve pajama pants right now, you know, no socks on. If you wanted to like keep it really, truly balmy in your house, you're using twice as much electricity to do that. And it, it, with our setup, that might cost you 200 bucks in electricity per month. You could totally afford that. It's just um, kind of irresponsible, in my opinion. But that being said, if you were doing a new construction... That's a whole new ballgame. All of a sudden, you could do geothermal. You could do in-floor heating. You could insulate really heavily and in amazing airtight ways. And so say we had the most extreme electric... And I'm just going to be grabbing at some numbers here. If we, our most extreme month, January, was 1,900 kilowatt hours. If we had a ground source heat pump instead of an air source heat pump maybe we would have only used 1200 kilowatt hours maybe even less i don't know it's hard to get data on that sort of thing not very many people have perfectly equal house that they can give you the reference number you know what i mean and if you're doing a ground source geothermal you're probably already in a whole another ball game as far as everything else is concerned anyway because you clearly care enough to do that sort of thing but uh, either way, like let's say it's 1,200 kilowatts. If your house was crazy well insulated too, because it was a new construction and it was airtight, as much as we've done to this house, I've seen the difference from it a year ago to this year, and I can imagine how much more you could do if it were new construction. Then maybe you're looking at 700 kilowatts. And now suddenly it's less than half you've gone from 1900 to 700 and then maybe your new construction the roof 
faced south and was covered in solar panels. And then, and now you're like, oh yeah, okay, it's winter. You could some people dude in Florida, I think winter is their biggest month. Because they're that much further south and solar panels work better in the cold. It's just about them getting enough sunlight in the cold. So when the days are shorter, it's harder, but Florida, I mean, they get, they really, really produce well, I guess is what I've heard. And they don't, your house will need that much less heating in Florida in the winter. So totally different anyway, but kind of crazy. I really do get caught up in thinking about it. Like, wow, that is, it's wild how it be though. And, you know, the last thing I was saying to Casey about all this, I was like, man, if we, if power went out tomorrow for the whole grid for some reason and stayed off, we could completely live our normal old life electricity wise. Like I said earlier, from April till September. We could, you know, run two air conditioners, do that. You run the dryer, charge your car, everything and have extra to spare. So who cares really if in January when it always was the hardest, like if we had to turn off our central heat and try and get by as post-apocalyptic people on 350 kilowatt hours, we could still use the microwave our computers we could use all day. We wouldn't maybe have all the lights automated to come on and stay on you know, for certain hours. But we could use space heaters every once in a while. One thing that's come up is um, heated blankets. Because I saw a TikTok of a camper who sleeps in his car and he had a little plug-in space heater. And he was like, oh, this space heater uses 250 watts, and it's okay. But what's even better is this heated blanket that only uses 56 watts. And I just, yeah, I intuit that from, from driving around in the Leaf and it having heated seats and heated air and a heated steering wheel. And you can really see the range change as you turn different stuff on and off. So I imagine that, like, yeah, a heated blanket is a way smarter thing than a space heater. But I don't know that people ever see the data to put it in perspective and understand, like, yeah, using five times as much electricity to heat the air around you really adds up. You know, really adds up. And the average space heater in a house is 1,500 watts. Which is uh, six times more than that little one that you plug into your car. And 12, you know, 12, 24 times more? Is that too much? 24 times more, I think. 30 times? I think it's 30 times more than the uh, blanket. That's crazy. You could run 30. Imagine if you took 30 heated blankets and laid them around your room. Instead of plugging in one space heater, (laughs) 
that's a good way to put it, isn't it? And maybe I'm missing something there. But I do think that that's how it is. So, kind of crazy. We could definitely do that in the apocalypse. If we needed to. 350 kilowatt hours? How many heated blankets would that... You could... Two people could run a heated blanket nonstop. But you, what you'd really worry about is maybe the house cracking and stuff if it got too cold. Think the, the water lines freezing. You'd have to keep it at least like 40 degrees, I think. You'd have to keep it in the 40s. And then you would use battery-powered heated jackets like Milwaukee heated workman jackets. Huh. I digress. Hey, today was a delicious day, though. I also made some soup for lunch with all kinds of uh, dehydrated beans and legumes and uh, corn and some Parmesan cheese. Casey was really into it. Some chicken stock. I went to the grocery store and got a bunch of supplies. And I watched some, some philosophy videos. Cool. I'm glad to get out a long thing about solar and batteries. Because I think people deserve to know. You know, they deserve to know. You could... Uh, I, I, do, I don't think that we've made mistakes, but you can learn from our non-mistakes to do even better. Not, I, but all of society, and I'm, I know I'm sounding rambling, I'll just keep going. You can't expect everyone, obviously, to do what we've done, even if it gets cheaper, even if it's more government subsidized. You can't expect everyone to, to do solar and batteries and completely insulate their house or find new ways to insulate or replace all their windows, replace their front door. Literally, like literally uh, everything you could feasibly do, we did, and we still have, we still use great electricity in the winter. That's just how it is. If we had like an, another massive amount, I mean, for I don't know, for another thirty thousand dollars, we could install specialty winter solar panel system, just to size it for the winter. But then it's like, what do you do with the excess energy in the summer? Like. Seriously. Bitcoin farm. Like, you're just talking about, like, how much more electricity can you get? Like, we're going to do Frankenstein experiments. There has to be an ebb and flow of it. And I think that the rest of what is made up, not only for people who are trying to fill in the gaps of their earnest attempts to decarbonize, but also everyone else. It has to be nuclear. Because there's not that much wind either. Anyway, thank you so much. Come again tomorrow.